I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hi, everyone. You have arrived at Characters on the Couch. I'm Jordana Horn, and I am here with my dear friend, Dr. Adam Stern. Hi there. And we're going to be chatting all about analysis of fictional people. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Characters on the Couch. And I'm Jordana Horn, and I'm here with my friend, Dr. Adam Stern. Hello again, everybody. And we're here to talk about a show that has gripped a lot of people, I would say. And so I guess the first thing I'm going to ask you, Adam, is why are people so gripped by this show, The Bear? The Bear, the buzziest show of the summer, as I understand it. I think that's right. The Bear is the rare show that we haven't been anticipating uh, we haven't. They haven't broadcast. You know, hey, this is the next Marvel show that's coming down a year from now. It'll probably come out on streaming, and um, it's the rare show that just sort of happened. And uh, some people noticed it was really, really well done. And by word of mouth, I think it became a very buzzy show. The last one that we did that was on this uh, level. And that had the same sort of a um, uh, surprise element to it, I think, was Severance, where it came out of nowhere. Yeah. It was original. It wasn't a, a play on something else uh, or an, a, a sequel to, or a prequel to something else. It was in a totally original um, you know, show that really, really resonated. But the, the most important aspect of it to me was it's just so freaking well done. Yes. And so um, Adam and I talked about this before. And contrary to the very title of our podcast, Characters on the Couch, mm-hmm. we're actually <laughs> going to take it back a step and we're going to go with concepts on the couch today. Mm. Um, so today we're going to do a two-parter. The first part, we're going to talk about responses to grief. And we'll talk about that within the context of the show and the characters and how they respond. And then we'll be talking about how the show has been repeatedly lauded as realistic depiction of toxic masculinity. So, but mm. let's st- let's start with grief. So, Adam. Yeah. Is a reasonable response to grief to um make your now dead brother's sandwich shop a high-end, high-pressure restaurant? 
Um, probably not. Yeah. Um, you know, let's, um, let's give our audience, you know, of course you're, you've probably seen the show, but it's, it's kind of a, um, and there will be spoilers as we say, there will be spoilers. Right. And, and in addition to spoilers, I'm going to give a a content warning. We're going to be talking about things like a death by suicide. We're going to be talking about substance use disorders, family drama, et cetera. We're even going to be talking about, uh, Chicago. So, you know, all of those things (laughs) buckle up. Buckle up, yeah. Um, So, um, you know, in the premise of the show, there's it it centers around a family uh, and a found family. So uh, there are three siblings. uh, There's Sugar, the sister, Carmi, our protagonist, and a mostly uh, not shown uh, brother, Michael. I think his name is (laughs) Mikey. Yeah. Mikey, yeah, and and uh, he's he's clearly he was the uh, most charismatic individual within that that group. He he ran the restaurant. He was the person, uh, as Carmi at some point later in the show indicates, he was the person that everyone thought was their best friend. Uh, but right. if you think he's about kind of that, the nucleus for everyone, both exactly. within the family structure. And within the restaurant structure, and really the sense that we get is within the greater structure of the community, right? That it was his magnetic presence that made exactly. the beef, um, the original beef, um, the right. name of this uh, sandwich hole in the wall, um, such a hit. Mm-hmm. And so what we learn as the show goes on, one of the things that the show does very nicely, I think, is it, it peppers in details, right, about how... You know, it starts out and you know they've uh, he's lost his brother. That's all you know. And then you learn that the brother had substance use issues. And then you learn at some point that it was that, that the brother shot himself, you know, on the on a bridge. Uh, and then you learn, you know, so it's like over episode by episode by episode. And then finally they show us the brother in a, a, a memory uh, of the brother telling a story. And it's so charismatic that this character Richie, uh, who's who's uh, describes himself as the brother's best friend, is a supporting player. But mm-hmm. in every other scene in the show, Richie is supposed to be the charismatic, fly off the handle, funny guy. But in this scene, you see that the brother was like uh, the center of everyone's attention, right? And so, what happens when someone like that, when the star around whom you revolve? Is, right. is pulled out. What happens to those who remain? Right. So the people f- try to fill in that void. And let's talk about the void for a second. Grief is overlapping, but not congruent. You know, it, it's like a Venn diagram of depression. It has a lot of features of depression, but it's different. And it's caused, it's precipitated by a specific loss that you can never solve. Right. And I've, uh, uh, learn this concept that grief never goes away. It's with people forever. You just, it becomes a part of you. So there's, uh, you know, to, um, to use a, a few different metaphors, that void uh, just sort of can take hold within yourself, your sense of self. And so it can feel like a part of you is missing. And so if um, Carmi identified as Mikey's younger brother and used that identity to go off and become one of the best chefs in the world, training at the highest levels, um, and then suddenly realized, 
And he did that, by the way, because his brother uh, wouldn't let him work at the restaurant. And it was sort of a um, uh, chip on his shoulder. I'm going to prove to you I, I can be good enough right. for basically, your dinky basically restaurant. Basically, Carmi's entire identity exactly. of who he is as a person, because really who he is as a person is completely focused upon his job. Mm-hmm. So his entire identity has been focused on this attempt to prove himself to his brother who is no mm-hmm. longer there. Exactly. And if you're trying to prove yourself for years and then you all of a sudden you realize, A, that person never cared about <laughs> your you know, success anyway in that way. He loved mm-hmm. you or didn't love you, but says he loved you just the same. And B, is no longer there to show how great you've become, you know? He never got to see it, right? So there's this there's this gaping void about why did I do that? Or, you know, now that I've done it, what do I do with it? Right. 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 And so and his we have answer. That, and we do have a whole monologue about that later in the show when mm-hmm. um when Carmi goes to a support meeting and he just is allowed to Kind of do a riff, you know, sort of like an emotional jazz riff on all the things yeah. he's feeling. I want to get let, let me let me circle back to that riff, Ramon, okay, please. Okay. When we when we get to the toxic max, masculinity Fine. part of of things, because there's a lot there. So Carmi's Car- uh, trying to solve this void by fixing the restaurant. They make it, it they make it very clear that at some level he doesn't have access to his emotions very very easily. At some some level he thinks if he can fix the restaurant he'll have proven to himself and his brother that he was good enough, you know, that he was good, you know. Right. And obviously that is a fool's errand that you can never quite um <laughs> achieve. It's not going to work out. Now, one thing I'll do if I can put on my my hat, one of my many hats, is um, I will say that you know if you if you go down the list of Freudian defense mechanisms, there are some that are considered quote unquote immature or um, primitive is the other word I've I've heard sometimes. Sometimes things like denial, things like uh, reaction formation where you where you sort of act the opposite of how you feel mm-hmm. these are more primitive some of the more advanced and you know the, the kind of defense mechanisms we encourage in our patients and and um, in each other that we should encourage one of them is humor sense of humor is a good way at uh, you know understanding processing the negative things in our lives but the one he's engaging in most sort of identifiably, I think, is sublimation. And that's Mm. where you take unconscious conflict and you try to channel it into something productive. Yes. For him, it's turning that restaurant around. Yes. And not only turning it around, but doing it with a level of meticulousness, um, making sure that, you know, the masking tape is cut rather than torn. Um, Mm -hmm. All of these little details, which are very... um, you know, I, I realize that a lot of people who have worked in kitchens have written about what a realistic depiction of the abusive mm-hmm. um, climate of a kitchen was. I, I want to say that as a former practicing corporate lawyer, there were a lot of similarities there as well. Um, mm-hmm. And I want to, I think that's a good bridge for us to cross over into the discussion of toxic masculinity because mm-hmm. here, Carmi comes into this kitchen and 
it's clear from flashbacks that he has been abused. Mm-hmm. In He's been abused in the context of his workplace because here at this whatever high-end, you know, super mm-hmm. five-star uh, Michelin restaurant that he's right. been working at, we see him getting berated for mm-hmm. the most ridiculous to a lay person things like, you know, the angle of the placement of watercress on a plate. Mm-hmm. Um, and he brings that to... Right. The beef. He brings that. He recreates that. He claims mm-hmm. that he doesn't want to by calling everybody chef as a sign of respect. But yet, the his temper is at a razor thin edge. He's mm-hmm. prone to scream at any point. Everyone in this kitchen is prone to blow up at each other mm-hmm. at any point. It is the very definition of a toxic work environment. So, can you talk a little bit about to what extent toxic masculinity plays into that? Um, how that is an expression of grief in and of itself. But to me, another thing that I brought up with you earlier um, before we started recording was why does someone recreate an abusive relationship mm. um, when you would think that the thing that they wanted most would be to flee it? Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Right. So let me start at the end and work backwards. So um, we've talked about the reactions that people have to trauma over and over in our show. Um, And one of the things that I think is a thread that you can draw from one example to the next is that very often the victim of trauma is receiving that from someone that they admire or something that they're trying to um, aspire to. So, you know, uh, in, in his case, it was the it was t- it was paired it was tied to being the best among among the best chefs in the world you had to go through this sort of uh, boot camp um sort of um nothing you do is right keep doing it doing it again do it better do it better do it better even if it's one of the best in the world and uh the um the example of it almost uh that i um, have read about is is like in uh, Navy SEALs, they volunteer to uh, go through this hell week, as I understand it, where they are literally, quite literally tortured and encouraged to quit throughout the entire week of training. And it's only through that defiance of quitting, defiance of, uh, pr- you know, uh, making sure you don't take yourself out of the terrible situation that they get through it. And then once they uh, are Navy SEALs, then they know everyone that they look around and and see working alongside them has been through that and chosen to stay in it. That's the the best analogy I can come up with for why he would accept that kind of 
um, berating, you know, uh, really traumatic uh, um, language and abuse in the as in his own training. He brings a level of it to the beef because he thinks that that will bring a level of professionalism to a place that is sorely lacking in professionalism. Why do, in general, more broadly, why do we do that? I think it's because we're confused. We, the royal we, think that if that person did that to me, it must have been to get something out of me because I wasn't doing it right. It must have been the path to do, to you know, that person was really successful. If I want to be like them, I've got to do this. You know, I've got to pay my dues and do it this way. Right. So I think that that happens a lot. Frankly and unfortunately, uh, in with, with with children as well. So yes. you know, parents the the most likely predictor, I think, of uh, parents uh, physically using corporal punishment with their kids is that they were on the receiving end when they were kids, and they look at it and and at some conscious level they say, "Well, I turned out okay, and and this was how I learned how not to behave and how to behave," and then at some unconscious level, there again, I've said this three different episodes that we've done, they're identifying with the aggressor. And finally, they're in a role to have that uh, authority. And, and it's a terrible thing. All right. So um, we're, we're going to loop back now to the emotional jazz riff. What yeah. did you, let's, uh, because I want to sort of end by you talking about if Carmi were your patient and if Carmi's mm-hmm. monologue there were said on your proverbial couch how yeah. you would respond, what you would glean from it, and what direction mm-hmm. you would take him in for treatment. Yeah, so there was just a very quick line earlier in the show where he says to one either either uh, Richie or his sister that he doesn't have access to his emotions. To, he can't talk about his feelings the way that they can. And then... Cut to several episodes later, he's standing up at Al-Anon giving this heartfelt, you know, disclosure of what his entire situation has been. And the way he sees himself and the way he describes his brother fills in all those gaps. It's, it's, it tells you he saw his brother and we saw, we've already now seen his brother in this scene being so charismatic. And Carmi, uh, you know, I don't know, I'm sure that there's a certain sex appeal to him and his character, but he's played as so reserved. If he's not exploding, he's boiled, he's he's simmering, right? Mm -hmm. With rage and anger and quiet rage. It's all, it's all just like quiet rage and then explosions. He's the bear. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, really. And so, you know, it's, it's, um, he says what, what struck me most about that monologue at Al-Anon was that he says, you know, I, he's describing his brother as he felt connected to him, but then he realized everyone did. And he says about himself, you know, I, I, I didn't do well in school. I didn't graduate. I couldn't study. I wasn't very good looking. I never had girlfriends. I wasn't very funny. He says all these things in a row. That's how he sees himself. And meanwhile, you know, this show is, in, is centered around this character and, um, I saw. I, I wish I could credit it because I didn't. I didn't take note of who made this cartoon, but I saw a really what I thought was a really funny cartoon yesterday of uh, like a comic, uh, you know, a gag co- co- cartoon of two 
you know, lovers after uh, being in bed and and the man says huh. <laughs> something along the lines of, why did you keep saying yes, chef? Yes. Uh, <laughs> yes. So I'm sure, I'm sure that Carmi's self-image is way distorted, right? Mm-hmm. And sure. uh, I'm uh, the work in the therapy would be getting him to see a, a bit of self-esteem where it doesn't exist, getting him to, um, you know, sort of open his eyes to uh, a life that, you know, he had all that potential, not with Mikey in his life, but just with the idea of Mikey pushing him. So how can you harness your potential without it being uh, a way at getting back at someone, you know, um, he's incredibly talented. What's important to him is all, it's always, I ask this, I ask this question almost every episode we record what's important, you know, do you want to revitalize this uh, restaurant that's sort of a legend, but you know, is exists in a certain corner of Chicago? Um, do you want to work at the five-star Michelin restaurant? Do you want to do your own thing? Do you not even like cooking? And that's not the answer. He does. He loves cooking. You know, it's like the thing where he's flowing and he's the best at it. And it's probably and where he has the most delicious, control. By the way, everything. Um, Can I? But very brief interlude here. Sure. I more self disclosure than anyone wants. I am a weird food person. I grew up eating a very restricted diet. It's only when I met my wife and she said, you know, I'm not going to eat white meat chicken for the rest of my life that I started expanding my palate as an adult. Mm -hmm. So I still don't, I looked at all that food and I was like, I'm not eating that. I wouldn't eat that. I wouldn't eat that. Even though I know it looks, it's supposed to be like brilliant food, you know. Um, so that was one of the ironies of me watching this show was I was like, well, they're working okay. really hard, but for who? Yeah, not for me. <laughs> but that's the point, right? To bring it back to the theme is that you don't have to be who you are to please someone else. Um, yeah. Right? You need to find fulfillment in pleasing yourself. Um, yeah. And... That's, I assume, where you would take him in in treatment. So, exactly. Carmi, give a and call let, before season let, two. Absolutely, I'm sure they're going to renew it, right, and show oh, all they already the have. challenges. Yeah, it's yeah. on. It's on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just oh. two words about Richie and and toxic masculinity because it's you can't I can't do it justice in the sense that the two of them, Carmi and Richie, they're opposite ends of the same spectrum of toxic masculinity. So like they both are on the spectrum of, you know, like not really dealing with their issues properly, having issues with rage and anger, et cetera. But Richie puffs himself up Right. And Carmi shrinks himself down to he's hunched over over the flame of the uh, stovetop. You know, you can barely see him, even though he's got a mane of hair like six inches high, you know. So like the two of them. And I just want to make a quick point. Richie is like like the kind of fish that swims next to a shark and eats the chum that falls away from the shark's mouth. And Mikey was that shark for Richie. And when Mikey went away, Richie was like, oh, how do I survive in this world? And Sydney, who we haven't even mentioned, was the only one who ever said what the audience was thinking, which is, Richie, you're a loser, you know? Yeah. Uh, In in anger. In in her defense, Sydney does stab Richie by accident. (laughs) Right in the butt, yeah. By accident. (laughs) And you know something? She's acting for all of us. That was a real blow taken against uh, toxic masculinity there. So thank you, Sid. Um, Yeah. That was awesome. If I can just say, Richie, 
I, I he seems so familiar to me, and I pulled up his IMDb profile, and I think I only know him from the show Girls, where he I think I can't remember who he was even, but he that actor. I was really drawn to him as an actor because yes. because uh, he did such a good job at making oh, man. me he think this it. guy. <laughs> I know this guy, you know. Yep. Uh, and yep. and he, I can't stand him, you know. <laughs> yes, we all know him, and we all hate you, Richie. <laughs> so. But I'm rooting for him. I want it, I want him to succeed next season, you know. Uh, anyway, it's a wild show. Well, he did get out of jail free, so. You know, yeah, that's true. That. that scene, geez. So, yeah, um, yeah. Well, I'm very much looking forward to season two, and I hope that you find something, um, something palatable in the offers that they make in the dishes that they make, because I think you're missing <laughs> on a key sensory element of the show. Um, I am. Yeah, um, because I'm in the flip situation of there's a lot that, due to my own eating restrictions, that I can't eat. There, but that I thought, well, if I could, I mm-hmm. would. Well, so. final point, you know, he he goes to make that uh, his his mother's like uh, spaghetti or whatever the family recipe was, and I was like, oh, finally, I'll be able to have some like spaghetti and and marinara, you know, like something very <laughs> plain. It off the menu. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There's no place for Adam here in this restaurant. No, they should just put a sign up that says the bear. You know, no Adam Stern allowed. Well, you know, you know Adam, um, I, I don't know how you feel about the uh, the lemonade laced with uh, Xanax. <laughs> that scene. Oh my God. I was so anxious that scene. Uh, that was a lot. Uh, that was a wow. lot. Yeah. Watching it, but also hilarious. Just like the scene. As soon as they told you, like, they're they're all just sleeping. They're fine, you know, and you could relax. Like, <laughs> sure. the, the kids were fine. Because that's how a kid's birthday party is. They oh all just goodness. chill out. And then, the, and then the, the host is like, I kind of dig it. You know, I just, <laughs> if you've ever hosted, you know, a bunch of little kids, you can appreciate what That was relatable from. content is what that was. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, right, thank Georgiana. you so much, Adam, as thank always. You. All right. And we'll talk again time. soon. See you soon. Bye. Bye. Please be advised that Characters on the Couch is a show focused only on fictional people and none of the content should be considered medical or professional advice in any way. If you or someone you know is struggling with your mental health, please seek out professional consultation. Thank you. Thanks so much. Hope to see you guys next week. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.